Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rates. That's 863-294-5630 for Skis Watch and Clock. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped. Every relationship we've cultivated. Belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that... We change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. 
She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than One Nostalgic Weekend. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. Um, you know who I be, man. I be the mayor, left-handed, 
know, Crisco, Crisco, whatever you want to slice it, however you want to slice it. I'm in the house. I got my man, Bob James, holding me down behind the board. This is After Further Review 2.0, 2.0 for the 2020 season, also known as the Sideline Pass. This is how, and this is how we're giving it up, man. We got a good one for you tonight, man. Lots to talk about. Um, all the sports are overlapping. So we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk some basketball. We're going to talk some baseball. We're going to talk some football. We're going to talk some hockey. We're going to talk some boxing. We might even slide a little soccer in because the MLS season is about to start. So we might slide that in too. So um, rock with me, man. I appreciate the people that's in the building. 954-246-0398 is the mathematics. You want to get at me. And um, again, man, um, for the 2020 season, you know, we talked. You know, and it's not like, um, you know, you can't call in and talk about what you want to talk about, but we're not going to deviate too much from the topic. So if you listen to the show from the door, I appreciate you. Um, if we're talking about basketball, then that's what we're going to talk about. You know what I mean? If we talk about baseball, then that's what we're going to talk about, you know? Um, I, and I appreciate you for calling too, man. So um, bring your A game to the table. That's all we ask. Bring your A game to the table. Um Get at me on Twitter, man, at RM Dash. You already know the flavor, man. Shout out to my people with No Knockoffs Radio. Shout out to my people at DJLadyLove.fm. All right. Shout out to my man, DJ Scratch. Um, shout out to you for checking the show out. Um, tonight, we're going to get busy. We're going to talk about this fight that just happened over the weekend. Heavyweight Championship of the World, WBC flavor, Deontay Wilder against uh, Tyson Fury rematch. The first fight, we already know, was a classic. Deontay Wilder did what he had to do in, in, in round 12, dropped uh, Tyson Fury, but Tyson Fury got up, and I think that that kind of still had a, um, uh, a residual effect on Deontay Wilder, and we'll get into that in a minute. But um, this is after further review, man, 2.0, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Shout out to my man Chris White. I see you, Playboy. Appreciate you. Um, shout out to everybody out there, man. We're gonna get it popping. We're gonna get into the fight first of all, man. Um, my thing was this: after kind of like checking out the first fight, you know, and see, you know, what happened. It was a great fight. It was it was a classic fight. However, you want to slice it, Deontay Wilder did, you know, uh, uh, apparently what he thought he had to do. Um, his reputation precedes him. Uh, the right hand, you know, notwithstanding. And um, the thing of the matter is, or was at that point in time, was when he, um, you know, dropped Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury was on his back, flat, stretched out, starched, laid out, however you want to call it. But the dude rose up like the Undertaker, if you know about the WWE and all that. He rose up like the Undertaker. All they needed was the bells. Boom. Boom. And, and if you remember, Deontay had his back turned. So he's thinking that game over, let's go home, everybody drive home safely and all that. He turns around, and he's like, you know, and you see the look in his face. If you watch that tape, you look at his face like he's like, oh, snap. You know, i got to finish this thing. But um, fast forward to Saturday night, man. Um, going in, I was one of those that thought Tyson Fury was going to win. I, I, I just thought that, you know, um, Deontay Wilder, you know, for all his prowess, as as a as a uh, champion and and using his right hand to his to his uh, to his advantage and things of that nature, Tyson Fury wasn't worried about that. 
Um, I, I didn't see the same rambunctious Deontay Wilder as we saw in previous, you know, uh, fight promotions. He's always screaming at bomb squad. I didn't hear him say that one time. Maybe he did, but I didn't hear him say it one time. I watched like I watched three press conferences, and I didn't see it and hear him say that one time. So for me, that was kind of an indication where he was giving Tyson Fury the respect that Tyson Fury deserved. And Tyson Fury kind of told the whole world how it was going to go down. Look, I'm going to put some pressure on this dude. I'm going to put some heat on him. I already ate his best punch. So what else did he got for me? So going into the fight, man, um, you know, I, I just thought that, you know, all Tyson Fury had to do was, you know, test Deontay Wilder's chin for real, for real. And we'll see, you know, what happens. So, you know, we, we get to fight night, things of that nature. Tyson Fury's relaxed and, and, and Deontay's, you know, letting off, I guess, what you want to call nervous energy at this point. Because at this point, this is before the fight. Okay, they're in the dressing room getting ready, whatever, before he even got taped up. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, we, we got we to have another classic on our hands. Because, you know, Tyson Fury, he all, he, he's bananas with it. You know, he's nutso with it. And, and Deontay Wilder's the champion, so he has to represent, and he knows that he's going to bring some heat to the game. Okay, fine. All right. So now we get ready for the walk-in. This dude, eh, I don't know what's, what, which, which ring walk was, was, was worse. Uh, Tyson Fury putting up, putting those young ladies through the gamut, even though we know it was wheels under that under that platform that he was sitting on. But it, it, it was ready to go, ready to get it popping. <clears throat> and then here comes Deontay Wilder with this. I don't know what you want to call it, some kind of. Black Panther, Super Monster, Godzilla, get up. I don't know what the hell you call that. All right, cool. Um, fight, round one, Deontay Wilder, he's looking for the right hand from the door. But here's the thing. Tyson Fury was bringing the fight to Deontay Wilder. He was making Deontay Wilder go back. And what I mean by that, he was making Deontay Wilder fight backwards. So he was pushing the, he was bringing the fight to Deontay Wilder, which was kind of different, you know, because you're not really used to seeing Deontay Wilder go back. So again, the first round, Deontay, you know, was kind of like telegraphing his punches, if you ask me, because he would try to sit down on that right and he'd take that little hop step and boom, he'd try to shoot the right. And he caught, you know, Tyson Fury maybe once or twice, but Tyson Fury ate that. You know what I mean? So again, Deontay Wilder brought that point, brought the punch to the party, but it didn't have the right mix. If you understand what I'm saying, um, the first round, Tyson caught him with a, with, with a joint with a, with a punch to the head, all right, and and that kind of like took the starch out of Deontay Wilder. But I think, in my opinion, Deontay Wilder won the second round because he was more aggressive. You know what I mean? He was, he, he was on a seek-and-destroy mission with that right hand. Okay. After that, it was a done deal. It was a wrap. It, you know, it, 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 Tyson Fury took the fight over because he was like he was getting, you know, Deontay's best work. And you could tell at the end of that first round, I think it was the end of the first round, when he was spitting up blood. Deontay Wilder was spitting up blood at the end of the first round, if you pay attention, if you watch the fight. 
So now we're in the third round, and now it's starting to it's starting to look like you know this is not this is going to be a long night for Deontay Wilder, man. And because Tyson Fury was basically doing what he wanted, all right. Deontay Wilder didn't look right, okay. He didn't look like he was he want, he didn't even look like he in the, in the in the ring with Tyson Fury. He didn't even want to be there because he knew it was about to go down. And in the fifth round, when Tyson Fury dropped Deontay Wilder with a body blow. That was it. Game over. It's it's this this is a, this this fight is over. It's done with. And all the slipping that Deontay Wilder was doing, you know, and, and and Tyson Fury was you know taking advantage of it. You know, Tyson Fury was leaning on him, which you know he expected to do with two hundred and seventy three pounds. He was leaning on him, you know, having headlocks, making it real physical for Deontay, putting Deontay under a lot of pressure and stress. And I think. Um, that kind of war helped, you know, wear him down too. So, I mean, we get to the seventh round and, you know, Tyson Fury gets Deontay Wilder in the corner and starts wailing on him. And I think, you know, Kenny Bayless was the referee who, you know, he had his work cut out for him. You got a 231-pounder in there going up against a 273-pounder in there. That's, you know, 490-some-odd pounds worth of, you know, girth up in there. You know what I mean? So, he had, you know, he had, he had his work cut out for him too. But, you know, um, the towel was thrown in. Deontay Wilder's corner threw in the towel. And uh, it, it was, you know, we have a new heavyweight champion in the world. Um, I think that it was, it, it went the way it was supposed to go. You know, we didn't need all the, you know, the, the crazy excuses, you know, like the dog ate my homework or this and that. And um, I think Deontay Wilder, you know, fast forward to, you know, present time where we are right now. Deontay's making it worse by blaming it on the on the costume and all that. No, who, who advised you to put that on? You made the decision to put that on. You made the decision to put to, to spend however much money you spent on it because it lit up and it was oh, it was crazy. All right, I, I mean I understand what you was trying to do. I get it, but you could have left it to the little mask that you wear in your previous fights. You could have left it at that, and everything would have been everything. But don't blame it on that, man. You know, and now I'm, 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 you know, thinking, you know, he fired my Mark Breland, who was, you know, looking out for your best interests. How could you, you know, I understand that you want to go out on your shield, and, and and that's what you're supposed to say. That's what you're supposed to say. But I mean, I think that you know, with what's been going on, pre, you know, previously in boxing with fighters passing away and and, and having serious injuries. You have to look, you know, look out for your best interest, man. All that, I'll die in the ring and all that. Knock it off. You don't want to die in the ring. You do not want to die in the ring. I get it. That's what you're supposed to say. But Plus, I think that the money he ahead, made, the money he made off that fight, losing, regardless of what the problems were and what he did, he's not. He shouldn't be complaining that much. Absolutely, he shouldn't be complaining at all. I think that um, you know his, his feelings got hurt. His ego, you know, took 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 the took a L. And, and you know, we all we all take that L. It's how we respond to it. But I think that he was doing too much, you know, by you know blaming it on you know first. I think when the fight was over, he was like he had problems with his legs and he didn't want to make no excuses. But I think he made like four excuses, and then he said he didn't want to make any excuses. So that to me was a sign of that you wasn't prepared, my guy. You wasn't ready for this. 
And I think now, you know, in the aftermath, now that we look at it, you know, people are taking sides. You know, I'm hearing conspiracy issues. Or cons- knock that, you know, knock it off with that, okay? You just, you know, Deontay Wilder just got his ass kicked. Simple math. Simple as that. He got his ass beat. Period. How you want to say it from pillar to post? He got his ass beat. Okay? Did anyone ever I, see, I think do you ever see you ever seen the Joe Lewis story? You, you ever seen the old Joe Lewis story? The no, old Joe Lewis story? I, I saw a couple of movies about him. Go ahead. Yeah, there was one in particular where he comes back, you know, pretty much with a black eye after his fight was smelling. And uh, the actor mm-hmm. playing him, he looks at his mother and he goes, he beat me, Mom. <laughs> he beat me. And of course... I mean- and they were trying to make excuses for him too. He, you know, the the reporter that he knew was all trying to make the excuses, and he looked at him and said, "No, he beat me fair." He says, "I didn't do, right. I didn't do what I need, I didn't do what I needed to do before the fight." Deontay Wilder mm-hmm. has has to say that I messed up doing this, I messed up doing that. The only person I could blame is myself. I telegraphed my punches. I was looking for that right. one punch to knock him out. I should blame myself for this, for not being better prepared. Just like he said in the interview. Just like he said in the interview right. after afterwards, he said the better man won. Mm-hmm. I, and again, absolutely. But I mean, to, to, to put you know put sauce on it and, and be like, yo, I blame it on the costume. Mark, Mark Greenland shouldn't have thrown the, the towel in and a whole bunch of that. That, that, was just, that was just doing too much. You could have left that alone. You know, so now... Um, he exercised the, the 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 option for a third fight, and ask, if you ask me, I think that you know um, it's going to be worse. I think it's going to be worse because Tyson Fury can box and Tyson Fury can fight. Now Deontay Deontay Wilder is going to have to go back to the drawing board. You know what I mean? Because again, like I said, he's a novice at this. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to knock the because a lot of people will hear it and they say, "Oh, you're talking down on him." You, you know, you you try to disrespect. I'm not trying to disrespect him. He disrespected himself. I'm just saying, but what I saw, straight like that. So again, at the end of the day, if asked, if it was me, I wouldn't come into the ring knowing that I have to exert a whole bunch of energy. I have to do a ring walk, which is what a thousand feet, two thousand feet. Put on this forty pound thing. Okay, got people to help me put it, because I know he didn't put it on by himself. Somebody had to help him put that on. Then you got to wait around, okay, for the sign to get, you know, the, the beginning of ring walk. So you're walking around with this 40-pound thing on your back. Okay, then you got to climb into the ring. Okay, like, come on now. So, again, any excuse that Deontay Wilder comes up with, man, is, is nonsense at this point. Money should just, like you said, money should just be like, yo, look, the better man won. You know, kind of got to go back to the drawing board. And was he exposed? I say, yeah, a little bit. A little yes. bit. And it goes back to me. Go ahead, Bob. I got my man Bob James in the house. Go ahead. I was just saying he was. He was exposed. He, he really was. I'm, I'm just simply agreeing with you on that one. And I know where you're going to go with this here, too, too. And I'm going to let you go with it, too. Uh, yeah. And, and I feel like, yo. All, all, all it takes, man, again, like you said, you know, for the money that, you know, he's making and, and you know, things of that nature, he's already proved himself as a champion. And, again, man, um, you can't, you know, just, you know, go, you know, bring a, a sword to a gunfight. You can't do that. You can't bring a sword to a gunfight, yo. 
So again, um, all this, I hear a lot of talk for people, you know, oh, you was all, oh, you was with Deontay Wilder when he was winning. Now you turn your back up. No, that's not the case. That's not the case at all. Because I think if Deontay Wilder would have came into the ring like Mike Tyson with a towel over his head and no socks, Tyson Fury still would have beat him. Tyson Fury still would have ate him. This is what people got to so, understand. People got to understand. You said it already. He, he's a, yo, he's a great, yo, yo, uh, Tyson Fury is a great fighter. He's a great boxer. So is Deontay Wilder for that matter. Tyson Fury is bigger and stronger. And that's what people mm-hmm. got to understand. That's what people mm-hmm. got to understand, yeah. you know, and I just don't think Deontay Wilder, you know, I, he, he, he is not, he is, he is not a Muhammad Ali who knew the science of boxing. He's not a Vander Holyfield who, who, he's not a Vander Holyfield who's always been a boxer and knew the art of boxing and knows how to fight back, backing up and knows how to fight the bigger guy. So those are two points that have to be made when you, th- when you talk about Deontay Wilder here. This proves he really should have probably never beaten, t- beaten or even had a draw with Tyson Fury. That was the fluke, not this. Right, right, right. Right. I thought Tyson Fury won the first fight. You know what I mean? So, uh, and, and, and a lot of people try to argue the point, oh, well, Deontay Wilder, you know, I thought Deontay Wilder won. Are you serious? How many rounds did you give Deontay Wilder in the first fight? Oh, I, I gave him about three or four. Well, it's 12 rounds in the fight. If you gave Deontay Wilder four rounds, how many rounds did Tyson Fury win? Oh, I gave Tyson Fury like four or five rounds and the rest was even. Are you serious? So I can't even talk to you. You, you Okay, I can't even talk to you. Go for a long walk. For for starters, let me just say this here, you know. Now, yeah, you can have even rounds. You can have even rounds, but pretty much judges these days must pick a winner for each round because they don't like the even rounds. Right. Yeah, the the 20-point must the same way. The way it used to be when judges first did it was off of a 5-point must system where you could call it even. But the ten and twenty point must, and the twenty point must is really only used in is, is used in very few states. And the only one that really likes the twenty point must system is a smaller organization called the uh, WBU, the World mm-hmm. Boxing Universe. They're the only ones that really like that the twenty point must. But right. the ten point must, they added it up because they must pick a winner. And if it's going to be a draw, mm-hmm. it's going to be a draw on points. Rounds have to be won by one or the other. I would, there were times I would have loved to have called an even 10-10 round, but I had to see who the better fighter was. I mean, I know what these, ju- these judges go through, and thank God I never have, I've never had, never became a judge in my state, but that's what they got to look at. And I agree with you on that one. The, the real fluke was Deontay Wilder getting the draw in the first fight. I, mean, yeah. I hate to say it. That was, that was surprising. Like, it was a draw. What? So again, that you know that sets up that sets up the anticipation for the second fight. So you know, um, you know they had to do what they had to do. And again, we already know it's business. So you know they they set the anticipation up. But I, I, I wanted to ask you, what was your thoughts on um, Mark Breland? You know, throwing the throwing the towel in. Do you think he, he did the right thing, or where, where, where are you at with that? I don't. I- it happened so soon in the seventh round. I I was I was watching this thing with Sean Stewart 
for those that don't remember, mm-hmm. who remember Sean, Sean Stewart, he and I were watching this thing, and I told Sean after that first round, I said, this fight's not going to go the distance. I said, it's not, but I, and I knew, and I knew Wilder was going to lose, definitely be the loser after the second round, but truthfully, I'm surprised that they didn't just, they didn't just simply stop the fight from the corner after the sixth round. To be honest with you, he should have never gone out there for that seventh round. He really shouldn't have. He wasn't going to do anything. And I'll tell you, Deontay Wilder tried finding every way he could. He really shouldn't have gone out there. He, you know, like like the like uh, some commentators said that uh, from people who watched it from a different uh, country, or may even got a, a different broadcasting team on pay per view off of a pay per view provider. His equilibrium was off. He was not balanced. He was not there. If I were the doctor, if I were the referee, and I were my cornerman, I you know, and we're all three questioning it. If I'm the chief second, I'm saying, you know what? No, I care about my fighter. I want my fighter to be able to do what he has to to bounce back. I'm stopping the fight right here to go out there in that seventh round and wait and just simply waste a minute because. It didn't go beyond a minute. In fact, it was probably under a minute. You know, you really shouldn't have done that. I just think, I think after that sixth round, so either the referee, the doctor probably couldn't find enough reason to do that. There would have been a lawsuit, so the doctor would put it in the hands of the referee or the cornerman. One of those two should have just simply said, no, it's over. And mm-hmm. then just done that. I would have... If I were the cornerman, I would I would have done it. I saw, uh, and I'm waiting to see the reproduced version because the camera work for a live bo- for this live boxing event was not as great. I would want to see what the camera work looked like just so I could see it more. Because truthfully, I don't think it should. I, I don't think that the sh- it should have gone seven rounds. It should have either been stopped in the middle of the sixth, or it should have been stopped right there right there you know because i would have had the the doctor would have had to look at him to see see if something is is physically off with him or even mentally off with him at that point just so a quick mm. judgment could be made because something had to be done and they threw in the towel they threw in the towel and and I'll, and let me just say this for the cornerman they threw in the towel right away and then that seventh round so they threw it in right away they probably they probably said I. Sh- and he, they probably he probably said it right to Deontay there too. Said I should have I should I should have stopped this thing. I should have stopped this thing before <laughs> before this point, and, and that's probably what really should be said. Where where that goes, you know, because that's what the trainer's supposed. Nope. The trainer cares cares about what's going to happen to you. He's the experienced man. He's the one who's going to see things right. that the right. fighter is not right. going to see. And yet yep. his, his so, job is just like he, the managers to protect. I'm sorry, go ahead. Right. He, he didn't want he didn't want to see Deontay Wilder get hurt, man. So again, I, I just I, I kinda like I don't blame Mark Breland, you know what I mean? Uh Mark Breland, um, nineteen eighty four Olympic boxing, you know what I mean? He was a champion, welterweight and all that. And I he ha- he knows what it's like to get starched. Because he was starched before. So, again, you know, he went out, you know, looking, you know, having Deontay Wilder's best interests at heart. Um, before we go to a commercial break, man, and, and, and we get off of this, 
Um, what, what is your what's your prospects as far as far as um, looking forward to uh, Fury and Wilder uh, number three? If this one happens, they should they should show a debt of gratitude to the fans and see how many how how many sponsors and advertisers will be willing to pay for this thing to be on Fox. Let it be be a part of PBC or even. Or, or even air on something other than pay-per-view. Because truthfully, to end all the rumors, you're going to want all the fight fans, whether they're strictly boxing or they love all forms of fighting, you know, and just, you know, just to have, that, have all of them watch it so there can be just one big discussion and big decision made that Tyson Fury is the better fighter or Wilder is the better fighter. Because I think that is the only way you're going to settle any controversy about this. If this were to happen, it shouldn't happen on pay-per-view because the interest isn't going to be there as much now. Right, right. Yeah, I feel like if they like if they was if they were to put it on on um, you know network television, man, um, I think you know the audience would be you know it would be big. You know what I mean? Pay-per-view is about getting that almighty dollar. I'm not mad at that. But again, at the end of the day, you know, um, we come from that era. You know what I mean? Seeing the fights on, you know, wild world, wide world of sports and things of that nature, and the, the fights on Friday nights and Saturday, whatever. And we talk about championship fights. We ain't talk about Rudy Poops. We talk about championship. Uh, your Ali's, your George Foreman's, your Norton's, all those guys. So again, I understand and I get it. We're in a different time. But still, no, you got people out there, man. I think that it would be big. Just one time, you could just put it on network TV, a big fight like that, everybody would be watching. Everybody. And in so, prime time. You know, and in prime time, too. I mean, the last big fight I got to see, last big fight I got to see that was on prime time, where history was made, was when Livingston Bramble beat uh, Boom Boom Mancini. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember Livingstone Bramble, yeah, 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 and, and Ray Boom Boom Mancini. All, all those fights used to come on, man. You know what I mean? But yeah, again, at the end of the day, man, Deontay Wilder, man. Um, you know, we hope you, you know, could come back, you know, uh, and, and do your thing. Go back to the drawing board, man. Start from square one. You should not have fired Mark Breland. You should not have wore that monstrosity into the ring. Okay, um, get your footwork together. You know what I mean? Work on work on your work on your skills a little bit. I think and one of the happiest people in the building was Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was so happy that, you know, the, with the result of that fight. Because people were talking about Deontay Wilder and the, even Deontay Wilder said it out of his own mouth. Yo, and, and I would knock Mike Mike Tyson out in his prime. Are you serious? Mike Tyson would have bent you like a, a old lawn chair, yo. He would have folded you up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Those Kevin Rooney years, his years with Bill Caden and Bill Caden, Jim Jacobs as his managers, and Kevin Rooney, and Kevin Rooney as his trainer. Oh, forget about it. That young, hungry Mike Tyson would have taken his head off. Yeah, he would have, and, and there's probably a couple of other heavyweights that were folding them up. Them, them dudes that know how to fight, fight. You know what I mean? So again, man, um, shout out to everybody, man, um, who watched the fight. Um, looking forward to the third one. Um, and again, it is what it is. This is After Further Review 2.0, 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. We appreciate you. 954-246-0398 is the mathematics. We're about to take a quick commercial break, pause for the cause. And uh, when we come back, man, we're going to talk some basketball, man. We're going to talk some 
NBA, we're going to talk some NCAA, all right? This is After Further Review 2.0, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Let's get it. Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rate. That's 863-294-5630 for Skis Watch and Clock. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? 
Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there is one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than One Nostalgic Weekend. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. It's tricky. 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 It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. 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 I met this little girly. Her hair was kind of curly. Went to her house and bust her out. I had to leave real early. All they just say is please me Or spend some time and rock a rhyme I said it's not that easy It's tricky to rock around, to rock around That's right, on time it's tricky How is it, babe? It's tricky, tricky, tricky It's tricky to rock around, rock around That's right, on time it's tricky Tricky, tricky, tricky In New York the people talk and try to make us rhyme They really hawk, but we just walk Because we have no TV. I 
Yo, we back in the building, man. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass, 2.0, 2.0 for the 2020 season. And uh, we just got through having a nice conversation, man, about the Deontay Wilder, uh, Tyson Fury uh, heavyweight championship fight that took place uh, Saturdays, past Saturday. Um, if I have to knock Tyson Fury, um, you know, I'm just going to say, I don't know what that licking on the neck was about, you know, but... I mean, the guy did say he was going to he was going to taste blood. So I'll leave that I'll leave that at that. You know, um, we here we in the building live and direct. We getting ready to get into some NBA stuff, man. Making it do what we do, like we do, man. Um, check me out, man. After further review, we have a uh, page on Facebook. Come get down with us, man. All right, I'm back doing my thing in the morning. Every morning, I do the the uh, sports write up, man. I'm up to what. 900 and let's see, 900, I think it was 928. So 929 is coming in the morning. No, yeah, 927, 927. So 928 will be coming in the morning. All right, so again, man, uh, okay, okay, let's get it. <clears throat> yeah, what's good, man? man? This is Hollywood. What's good? What's good, Hollywood? What's good, man? How you, man? How you feel? I feel great, brother. Let me tell you. Your boy on his way back to the city. I've been there two weeks. I can't wait to get it turned up. I mean, get right. up with you. That's what's up. 
And I got and I got, I, I got some news for you. I got some news for you, man. I'm not even gonna wait to the end. I tell you now, George Little John right. is going. George, huh? Go ahead. What's good? George Little John's gonna reach out to you behind the scenes and get your podcast okay. information because he got something. He got something big for you. He got something big for you. Okay. Shout out to shout out to Mr. Little John, man. Shout out to yeah, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Little John. Yeah, he had hit me before. He was you know talking to me about some stuff about a month ago, man. So yeah, yep. it's all good. So we we gonna make it do what it do. What's on your mind, Playboy? Oh, I got a couple things going on. First of all, I gotta tell you, you know, as um, I wrote and your group and other, you know other groups about the whole fight situation on Saturday night. If anybody right. thought that. If anybody thought that Wilder was going to win that fight, coming into that fight, they had to be crazy. You know, it's like, you know, you're the brawler, and in the first go-round, you didn't beat this man. You didn't beat him. I mean, you didn't. And now, you know, you knocked him down, you gave him everything you had, and he realized mm-hmm. something with you. He realized that if I lean some weight on you and box you, you're not going to mm-hmm. be the same. And that's what happened right. with that's 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 why I have a wilder Saturday night. You know, I'll tell everybody any day I bet my farm on a boxer or a brawler. Uh, yeah. Any day, you know. Okay. So, like I said, and after further review, two point I said, take your ass woman as a man. Yeah. Get yep. yourself back yep. together. Go learn how to box. And come back right. up with your hair high. You don't need your next ma- your, your next fight should not be on uh, part three of this fight. Your next fight, your next right. three fight should right. be part three. Right. Maybe you should maybe you should fight three. maybe you should fight like Ortiz or somebody again or something like that. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So I don't yeah, know, man. man. I, I I just think that yeah, he should he should go back to the drawing board and all that. But um, we talking about the NBA, man. What's your thoughts as far as the uh? NBA, man, we got a big game going on tonight, man. We got Zion going up against LeBron James, the future against the present or the past, however you want to slice it. What's your thoughts, man? What's going on with you, as far as the NBA is concerned? First of all, I want to give a big shout-out to Vanessa Bryant. It takes a lot to go right, up Right, 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 right. I was going to get into that later on. Right, right, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, since we're talking about the Lakers, I mean, we might as well keep it real here. You know, any, right. anybody shouldn't have to go through that. I mean, death is death, and it's one thing to have one person leave out your life, but to have two at the same time—that that, that's that's a little too much. That's a little too much. Right. But I give her a shout out yesterday. She she she. You know, a lot of people were crying. I was smiling. I was smiling doing it. You know, I was smiling doing it. But I'm 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 gonna save that to when you get to it. But as far as the Lakers are concerned, um, I hear rumors about Jamal Crawford. I would definitely welcome another shooter. Um, in a heartbeat, but I think we our problem is our point guard position. But anyway, I ain't gonna go to that. But as far as LeBron versus Zion, the upcoming future, hey man, it is what it is. Zion Williamson, Zion Williamson. I mean, I thought I thought for a second. I'm, I'm gonna say a second that maybe he'll come into the league and you know he just be a regular. Zion Williamson is gonna be the face of the NBA soon. Yeah, the beast. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think, and 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 not to not not to um not to kill off your your, your thought, God. Um, I think that you know we might be seeing a uh, uh, they, they, Giannis and Zion are going to cross paths. 
Who? You know what I mean? Giannis Antetokounmpo and oh, yeah. and Zion yeah. for the cross pass. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and and I think as far you know, keeping it on keeping it on the, on on the Lakers vibe, man. Um, I think that you know they they had a you know they had a great game against you know Boston on Sunday. Um, yeah. You know they had a win against against the Grizzlies early in the week. Uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis, they're basically doing what everybody thought they were going to do. Um, their mm-hmm. record is forty three and twelve, uh, and their schedule is not that top heavy. What they have left, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know with LeBron and, and what's going on as far as they're concerned. Um, you know, I think right now they're just playing for positioning. Right now is the is the time of the year where you play for positioning. Um, it's going to be tough for Denver, the Clippers, the Rockets, or or Utah to catch the Lakers for that number one, you know, that number one seed in the West, especially if LeBron and Anthony Davis stay healthy. Um, you know, you're a Laker fan, man, and, and and you talk right to it. You said like a point guard is what you guys need. Um, you don't think, you know, I saw Rondo do some things, man. You don't think Rondo uh, can, you know, no. Hey, <laughs> he's a no. man, listen. <laughs> no, listen, listen, in today's NBA, in today's NBA. Right. Now, right. five five to ten years ago, Rondo would have been perfect for the Lakers. But in today's NBA, when you need one of those scoring guards that can break down defense and go to the home, Rondo's not fitting that bill. Like, we, we, we really... I'll tell you something. We really needed Derrick Rose. I'm not going to lie. I kept saying that before the trade deadline. I said it during the trade deadline. I said it after the trade deadline. Huh? Right. I said that wouldn't have been a bad look, Derrick Rose. That would have been, oh, been, been a great point. look. Right. You know, and if you told me now, I wish, but I know it's not going to happen. If you told me that Rose was bought out by the Pistons, and we can go get Rose and, and a Jamal Crawford. Oh, I, this would be the sweetest run through the title ever. It really would be. I, no doubt. It really I, I, would I think be. that you know, what, the, what the Lakers are doing right now, you know, and for me, you know me, uh, uh, Woods, you know me, man. I'm not really dude, that dude that's caught up in the regular season hype. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting right now. You know, you play for – in the NBA, you play for, for April and May and June. And you know what I mean? more, more, specifically, more, more specifically, May and June. You play for, you know, you play for those, you know, months. But I think that right now, man, you know, it's it's, it's going to get real serious. And I think, you know, with the, you know, with, with the Kobe thing hanging, hanging, hanging over, uh, hanging over this season, and and for the the seasons going forward, I think that right now, man, um, the Lakers have to put the bow on the package. They got to win the title. They got to put yeah. the bow on the package. And I'm halfway. I'm halfway pulling for him. You know what I mean? Okay. Just because, just because of the situation, I'm kind of halfway pulling yeah, for the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand you know? that. Yeah, man. So I think that you know when we talk, you know, we talk about you know other teams in the West. You know, uh, people are like you know riding on the Houston Rockets now because they decided you know go back to the small ball situation or use that small ball experiment. Um, and Houston, they won, you know, at Golden State. They won at Utah. Um, you know, Harden and Westbrook are now starting to really do what they, you know, what they need to do. You know, and people, you know, when, when this, when this, uh, you know, was first announced, Harden and Westbrook were getting back together, people were acting surprised. Like, they forgot that Harden and Westbrook were all Oklahoma City together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let me chime in on this, what you're talking about with Houston. Excuse me. Um, 
You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the biggest change that happened with them. I'll tell you the biggest change. It wasn't so much going with a smaller lineup. It was finally going with what I have been saying for the longest of times. And Dan Tony, I don't understand. He's a good coach. I'm not going to say he's a great coach. He's a very good coach. I'll say that. You mm-hmm. cannot let Harden keep bringing the ball up the court. You have to let Westbrook bring the ball up the court. Who gets stay in front of him? Name me one player. Name me one player, Mayor, that can stay with Westbrook from one end to the other end right now. Please, hurry up. Yes. I, I can't think mm-hmm. of anybody. Of course not. I can't think of so anybody. So why the hell would you have Harden bring the ball up the court See him maybe try to break down the defense, pull up four three, whatever the hell he was doing. Why not have Russell Westbrook bring the ball to court and kick it out to a Harden or a Gordon? And now you have Covington down there. Who's, I mean, you know they called a foul last night, but that was a damn block. Oh my goodness, that was a real block. And you know I like yeah. the pickup of Covington. I like that pickup. But what I'm saying to you is, Dan Tony finally decided now, and the Rockets are dangerous. I'm going to be honest with you. It's, to me, it's the Lakers number one and the Rockets number two. And I'll have my oh, okay. reasons for why. First of all, I'm not y- – y'all could go blow up the Denver Nuggets. I mean, as long as that bum Mike Conley is always hurt, you know, and I'm, I've never been a fan of Conley, by the way. Utah, they're scary, you know, with Jokic and everything and, and whatever. But I think the two best teams in the West right now are the Los Angeles Lakers – and the Houston Rockets. And don't tell me the crap about the Clippers, because as long as Paul George keeps getting hurt, they're not going anywhere fast. So you you could take them out of the equation. Don't tell me about the the Nuggets. Don't tell me about the um the Jazz. Don't tell don't tell me about OKC who's gonna who's gonna hurt people's feelings in the playoffs. Watch and see. I want to hear about the Rockets and the Lakers. Because I think those are the two best teams. Just like, just like, man, listen to this. Don't tell me about the Milwaukee Bucks. They're not going anywhere. They're not coming out of the East. You can believe that. They're not better than the Boston Celtics. And they damn sure not better than the Toronto Raptors. So if you want to talk about grinding out for April, May, and June, I'm telling you about right. the grind now. These right. teams, these following teams, are going to show up in your finals this year. The Los Angeles. Lakers or the Houston Rockets, the Toronto Raptors or the Boston Celtics. Everybody else can kick rocks. Don't tell me about the, the 76ers with their sorry ass coach. Excuse me, man. I, I, I forgot. I'm sorry. You know. It's all good. You know, it's all I, good. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dutch don't been in my life today. I'm on my way back to New York too, in two weeks. So, you know, I'm, I'm starting to go down here in NC. So, excuse me. I had to call your show tonight because, you know, I like to talk. I like to, I like to talk to people that know something about knowledge and sports. I really like Listen, that. I, I, I appreciate you, man. I, I just think that, um, you know, you know, uh, uh, adding on to what you said, I kind of like, you know, um, the Milwaukee Bucks, man, right now, they're, you know, doing what they need to do, man. Um, I think that, it's, I mean, it's hard to overstate what they've done in the regular season so far, man. But, you know, you know, like I know, the tone changes when, it, you know, when the playoffs come. But like you said, they're going to have to prove it. They're going to have to show and prove in, 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 in the playoffs that their material, that they're, they're ready for, you know, that, that finals run. And I think that, um, again, Toronto, it seems like a lot of people didn't respect their gangster from last year. 
Right, and they've proven that they didn't really need Kawhi Leonard. I mean, no. you know, uh, they had a 15-game winning streak that was just snapped before the All-Star break, but they didn't waste any time starting another one. You know, I think Pascal Siakam is doing what he, you know, doing everything that's expected of him. Uh, Serge Ibaka is playing some of the best basketball of his career. Um, I think that, you know, right now at this point, as we speak, um, Toronto is going to give Marc Gasol all the time he needs to come back from that hamstring. You know what I mean? So, yeah, like you said, Boston, uh, I don't know. Boston, I don't know, man. Boston, not so much, man. Man, man, don't hate on I don't know, not so much, man. The Boston Celtics. I'm still the, the jury's still out on them. The jury's hey, still out on Boston. I mean, they're a dangerous team. You know what I mean? Uh, Jason Tatum is, is playing out of his mind right now. Um, yep. You know, and, and, you know, especially you know this month. You know, in February, averaging almost thirty points a game, is shooting forty-seven percent from the three. So you know what I mean. So again, he, he he's doing his numbers, man. He's doing what he needs to do. Um, the Sixers are going to be what they're going to be. They're not going to be right until they get rid of either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. And I think they're gonna, they'll get rid of Embiid before they get rid of Ben Simmons. What happened? Say that again. I think the Sixers, the Philadelphia 76ers, yeah. are going to be what they're going to be. They're going to be tough at home, but they're going to be garbage on the road, and they can't really survive and coexist with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. One of them got to go. And which one do you think no one? Uh-huh. Which one you think is going? Uh, Joel and B. Oh wow! I think I, I think that you know oh, they, wow. I think that yeah yeah yeah. You the, the simple fact that yeah the simple fact that man I think that you know Joel and B with his antics and all his nonsense you know it, it, it's kind of like you know it, it's kind of like headache material man it's kind of like you know getting tired of it. You know, play like that, play like that with that same consistency. And you know how we say bring that energy? Bring that same energy on the road, man. You know, and, and, and when one of the other is out, when Ben Simmons is out, Embiid plays like he's supposed to play. When Embiid is out, Ben Simmons plays like he's supposed to play. So they can't really, you know, coexist with each other. And I think that the Sixers rely on, on Simmons on both ends of the court. So, again, they're going to need him healthy. And Joel Embiid is just a dude who claims he's the best. You know what I mean? Then last time oh, I, I remember Joel Embiid, he was what? crying after game seven. He was crying after game seven when Kawhi hit that shot in the corner. He was crying. You know what I mean? So, again, he's got, it's going to be a long time before he lives that down. Um, I appreciate you, man. Um, you know, if you're going to hang out with me, man, we're going to talk a little college basketball, man, because, you know, it's, you know, almost tournament time and, you know, all that good stuff right there, man. And, and, and we got another shake-up. Go ahead. Damn, I was on you to myself this whole time because I was then trying to chime in. Go ahead, man. Go ahead real quick, man, before we get into the college basketball. Real quick. All right. Um, we still in the building, man. This is We doing what we do. All right. That was my man, uh, OG Wood in the house. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if we lost a connect or whatever, but we're still here in the building live and direct. We're going to talk a little college basketball, man. You already know what it is. 954-246-0398 is the mathematics, so you can get at me, man. Um, I think that, you know, as far as, you know, college basketball is going the way it's expected. You know, I think that, um, you know, we had a bunch of different number ones, which is to be Hello? expected. Yo. I've been here forever. Who's this? This is Wood. 
I've been here. Right, you talking about? We talking about we lost connection. I've been here the whole time. I heard everything. Well, speak, <laughs> man, speak. I didn't hear you, so I, I, I kept it pushing. No, nah, I mean, I, I kept mean, speaking. I, I, I said they're gonna propose trade for you since you said Embiid is gonna get traded. I tell you like this. I'll say join B to the New York Knicks. I want Mitchell Robinson that first round pick. They're gonna get this this year coming up, and maybe something else. That's what I would do. I think that's what I would do. I think that. Joel Embiid is going to have to grow up a little bit. Well, grow up a lot, actually. He's going to have to grow up a lot, man. So, again, I'm, I'm you know, hoping that they That's can crazy. get together. They're supposed to be a dominant team, man. It's six, with, with all, everything that they yep. got, considering what they let go with Jimmy Butler, you know what I mean? They, they're supposed to be a, don, a, a dominant team, man. So, Jimmy again, man. Um, huh? I think it's the coach. And I'm going to tell, tell you something. I don't usually blame too many things on the coach. I really don't. Right. But but right. today's coach needs to be able to reach out to his players. And I don't think Brown is – I don't think he's doing that. I really don't. I mean, I agree with you with Embiid needing to grow up because, you know, first of all, you really just learn how to play this game. So stop your your crap. You stop your crap right. and be humble about where you're right. at right now. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying, man? Like, you better That's remember right. where you came from, boy. You better remember where you, you, better remember where you came from. And these people seem right. to get where they came from. So now when they get a little bit of something, something, they don't know how to act. And I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. But yeah. I think a big I think one of the biggest problems out here right now is, is Brett Brown. I, I don't think yeah. he's I don't think he's that coach that you know, that they need that connect with a player. You need somebody that's yeah. going I I'm sorry, you need a Mike Tomlin. You need a Mike Tomlin because let me tell you something. There's one thing about him. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm jumping. I'm jumping. I'm gonna come back. One thing I heard about Mike Tomlin was, no matter what kind of team he had, they always played hard for him because he always used to hang out with his players. And I'm not saying Brown need to be the one hanging out with his players, but be able to connect to them about what's going on with him. And you could tell a coach that's not connected with his players. They don't play hard enough for him. And I agree with you on Philly. Spoke. I had Philly. I'm gonna tell you something. I had Philly. Coming in as like the second seed this year, I had I had I had the Celtics number one. I had them number one, and I had no. I'm sorry, I had Milwaukee number one. I said the Celtics. I had Milwaukee number one. I had Philly number two, and I had um, Celtics number three. That's the way it went for me. Okay, but seeing seeing what I'm seeing the maturity of Joel Embiid, and that's why they're not winning because he's not a leader. Right. You have to be a leader. You cannot just be an all-star. You have to be a leader in today's NBA. You have to have people around you. At home, home and on the road. Huh? At home and on the road. That's right. Yeah, you can't have people closing their eyes and going to sleep on you. You have to say to myself, okay, my troops, hey, listen, if your team is not ready to play that, at least you better be. Mm-hmm. At least you better be. You can't you can't the choose times you take off. Real talk, real you know talk. But yeah, man, you, you got a little, you got a little toe injury. You got a little toe injury. You fight through it. You got a little cold. Right. Michael Jordan came to the game with the flu and dropped how much? How much did Michael Jordan drop when he had the flu? Yeah, but listen, man, we we gonna we gonna keep it pushing, man. Um, we gonna talk some NCAA ball and all that, man. Um, uh, I watched Kansas, man, last night. I think that Kansas has been through some stuff, man. But again, um, again, to me, I think that what Kansas needs to do is 
We're worried about the tournaments now. We're worried about the conference tournament now. You know, I think, you know, Kansas is a 13-game winning streak. They play Kansas State on the road on Saturday. Um, now it's about really, you know, positioning. I talked about San Diego State, and Bob, and Bob will back me up on this. When San Diego State was undefeated, I said San Diego State needs to lose a game because, you know, we're, we're talking about these, these, these kids, man. They, you know, they get into these situations. They're 28 and 0, 29 and 0, and they get knocked out in, 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 the, in the first weekend of the tournament, you know. So I think that a, that a loss will be did San Diego State good. San Diego State lost on Saturday against UNLV, okay, and, and, and I think that um, whatever, you know, that whatever they had as far as sticking their chest out and feeling like they can't be beat, they needed that. And I think now they can start another winning streak, okay, and, and, and do what they do. But, I mean, um, look at that Baylor. You know, Baylor lost to Kansas on Saturday. And Davion Mitchell, he missed, you know, he, he took 11 shots. He missed nine of them, you know, and they lost at home. And that loss, uh, it snapped Baylor's 23-game winning streak. Then you got a team like Gonzaga, right? Um, Gonzaga lost on Saturday. So everybody was getting they, – they asses whooped on Saturday. All right? They lost on the mm-hmm. road at BYU. Mm-hmm. Gonzaga had a 19-game winning So <clears throat> right now it's like whoever's playing the hottest down the stretch, when we talk about, you know, May and June for the NBA, you know, March, March. You know what I mean? As, as, as far as college basketball is concerned, you got to be playing your best basketball in, in, in March. Let your conference tournaments build up for your conference tournaments and then take it into the big dance. But I think, you know, you got a lot of teams, man, out here as far as the top 10 is concerned, man. Look at Dayton. Dayton is 25-2. and two. You know, uh, look at Creighton. Creighton, 22-6. and six. You know, Florida State, they had a big win off last night against Louisville. You know what I mean? Um, you know, Maryland doing it, doing their numbers, man. But they lost. They had a chance to really no. take advantage. They, 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 yeah, they, they, they lost at Ohio State. They had a chance to really take advantage of you know um, teams ahead of them losing, but they lost. All right, and then here comes Duke. Here comes Duke. Duke seventy one, and they passed eight games, twenty three and four. Here comes the Blue Devils. All right, and and here comes here comes uh, Kentucky. All right, they're ten and one in their last eleven games. All right, so again, man, I think that you know, as we get closer to tournament time, that's when you know that's when we're going to see the, the 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 cream rise to the top, so to speak. You know, and it's usually, and you know, uh, OG, you know that it's always the same teams, man. Yeah, you know, the regular the regular season, we could talk about your Dayton's and your Creighton's and your Florida States and Maryland's and all that. But it always ends up being the same teams, Duke. What can I? What can I chime in? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It always ends can up being the same. Go ahead. All right, I'm gonna I'm I'm get to a couple of your points. Uh-huh. <laughs> you laugh just like I do. <laughs> but um, all right. Here, 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 here's a crazy idea. First of all, I'm not into college basketball until March. I'm really not. Well, okay. yeah, the week before March or two weeks before March. Because I feel like it's like four billion colleges. You know, you have a team, like you said, that's 29 and 0. You really don't know how good they are because they're playing a week schedule because due to their, what is that, RPI, I guess they call that. Right, 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 right. The strength of schedule and all that. Right. Yeah, and what I think they, and what I think they need to start doing is, 
I think they need to start putting a lot of these schools to a test. And here's a proposed change in college basketball, or maybe even sports, college sports, period. How about instead of making up the whole full, the full year schedule, you make up a half a schedule based on whatever, and then, hey, second half, second half of the season, make the schedule accordingly to that team. Because I'm tired. Give me, give me an example. Give me an example. Huh? You said give me an example? Yeah, give me an example. Okay, so, all right, so now let's say you got Duke. Duke is a powerhouse mm-hmm. school. You know, and every year Duke, every, every year Duke is not the best school in the whole, you know, the whole thing. I mean, they might be number 25, 30, whatever, whatever, North Carolina, whatever. You know, okay, you give them a power, you give them the usual powerhouse schedule at the beginning of the year. And if they finish something, okay, let's say that you gave them 15 games. And they finish something like nine and six. Why should Duke be considered a powerhouse school anymore for that year? Why should they be? Put them in a bracket that's going, you know, put them in that bracket with the nine or six schools, you know. And maybe if you have here's, a thing, it, it, here's, huh? here's the deal with that. Here's the deal with that, Wood. Understand that, you know, you play your conference schedule. Um, you know, you play a non-conference schedule. We talk about, you know, RPIs. We talk about strength of schedule and all of that. The most important part of the season is to get in the conference tournament. Anything yeah. can happen in the conference tournament. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah. for as bad for as bad the season as North Carolina has had, they all they can turn it up in the conference tournament and get in the NCAA tournament if they win the ACC. So again, I I I, I, I see your point. I see where you're coming from. But again, at the end of the day, man, you know, no matter how many teams that we have, you know, in the regular season. You know, bunched up their teams that we're not used to seeing. When it comes down to the you know Sweet Sixteen and the Elite Eight, we're going to see the we're going to see the usual suspects, and that speaks more to them than it does to other teams because they got hot at the right time. We oh, always talk about you know, schedule. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. But I think that you know, you have, you have, yeah, listen, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. You have a lot of teams that you know snuck their way in based on their name, you know, based on their name. You know, like, there was a couple of years that Duke shouldn't have been the, the number one or two seed, but they got in because they do. You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to call any numbers offhand right now. I allow some people that follow, you know, college sports a little bit better than I do. You know, but I'm just telling you things that I've seen. Like, if, if, why should you be a 21? Why should you be a 21 and 17? Now, if you won your tournament, that's something different. But if you win the tournament, mm-hmm. that's something different. But why should you be 21 and 7 going in there at the number one or two seed? And then you have a team that was 29 and 0. Okay, that's the schedule. I don't know it's 29 and 0, Bob. I'm sorry. You 29 games, you didn't lose any. I've seen you be the number one seed in the playoffs. <laughs> and you want to look at it like that. First of all, to me, to me, I'm not, to me, there's no strength of schedule for me, and that's what that's that, that that that's that's where I'm at. In, in places like, you know, high school, elementary, middle school, you finish 29 and 0. Hey, you're the number one seed. Somebody finished 28 and 1, they're the number two. Why can't they do it like that? Why can't they do? Why can't they really do it like that? Why, if college basketball really want to attract certain fans like my, 
that get tired of this RPI, strength of schedules and all of that, then why don't you do something different? Why don't you do something different? Stop stop the usual like you're saying. I want to see a Cinderella team. I want to see a, a Morgan State, a Howard University. I, I, I'm just being funny. I'm just throwing out wild names. But I want to see somebody other than a Duke. If Duke have to beat them to go and win the title, fine. Fine. But why, 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 should I, why should I give you an easier schedule? Why should I give you an easy way of getting there? Because your name is Duke. And you're a powerhouse. And you're in the ACC. You know why? You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because when, you, when, when like you said, Duke is not going to end up in the Final Four every year. But they end up on that one, two, or three line. And if you end up on that one, two, or three line and you lose, then you got to hear about it. That's why. Yeah. That's why. So, again, at the end you. of the day, you could have, you know, we, we saw, you know, a team like, let's give, I'll give you an example, a team like Villanova. Villanova went back-to-back. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and nobody thought that Villanova was going to go back-to-back. But they did what they had to do. Um, you know, did, and I don't even think they won their conference tournament both of those years, if, I, if my memory serves me correct. But they, and they won the games that they had to win. They won, the, they won the big – they won it all. They won the NCAA tournament back-to-back. You know, so again, you know, it, it, it just goes by, you know, who's playing the hottest at that particular point in time, man. And, um, you know, when we talk about college basketball, man, it, 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 I like it. I love college basketball, man. I love college basketball, man. Because again, you, you don't know, anybody could beat anybody on any given night. And we saw that, especially this season, man. We had, like, I think seven or eight different number one teams, right? So I think that, um, you know, all that leads up to what's going to go on a Selection Sunday. Selection Sunday is three weeks away. So, you know, you have to be playing your hottest basketball right now to, to, to have an impact once Selection Sunday hits. Um, we're going to take a pause for the cause, man. And when we come back, we're going to talk some baseball. What's up? What's up, bro? We got, we got to go to commercial, man. All right. So let me ask you a question because, right. you know, you're on, the college, you're on the college thing tonight. I mean, I'm trying to figure, yeah. I'm trying to figure out a reason – to start really watching this thing during the regular season. So you're telling me you're happy with the, the NCAA format for the playoffs? You're, you're happy with that? Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, my thing is, again, everybody's – I've been watching this since it was like, what, it was it was, it was, was 48 and it went to 64. So everybody was screaming that 64 is too many. Uh, and still it's the same excitement, man. Even, you know, we had a team like – and then again, at the end of the day, a lot of people can't even tell you who won the championship last year and who they played. All right, Virginia won the NCAA championship last year. They beat Texas Tech. So, so again, man, that, that, that's probably like the best time of the year. But I, I, I love it, man. So, again, like you said, you're not really into it that deep. But I think that once, you know, you get in the conference tournaments, because I know you know, man, going, you know, going back to, you know, because, you know, Big East tournament and all that stuff, you know, and I'm a Syracuse dude. You already know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And, and, those are those are some of the most exciting times of the, of the year. Those conference tournaments. But yo, we're gonna take. We're gonna, oh, dang, we're gonna take a commercial Jesus. break. We gotta take. We gotta go to commercial, man. We gotta go to commercial. When we come right, back, we'll have a conversation, and we gotta get into some baseball. And I gotta chop it up for my hockey people. I got the three minute rant coming up. We don't have a lot of time, so we're gonna go to commercial break. And um, this is after further review 2.0, 2.0, aka the side round pass. Let's get it, Bob. Let's get it. 
Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rate. That's 863-294-5630 for Skis Watch and Clock. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped. Every relationship we've cultivated. Belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that... We change it together. This is our time. One, two, three. Let's start a revolution. Let's may we. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around. 
and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than One Nostalgic Weekend. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg 365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. the building man after further review 2.0 2.0 aka the sideline pass we're doing it like that for the 2020 season i got my man og wood in the house with me chopping it up i definitely appreciate you i appreciate everybody out there that's checking out the show man 954-246-0398 we're in the building tuesday night live this is how we give it up hard body karate now we go we, i gotta give it up for my hockey people man i got y'all man i got y'all don't worry about it we we didn't forget because we was talking you know, college basketball, and we was talking, you know, NBA a little bit about the fight and stuff. We didn't forget. I got you. The NHL trade deadline um, was, you know, yesterday. A lot of things happened. Um, check out After Further Review on Facebook, man. We'll get y'all caught up with the NHL trade deadline stuff because a lot of stuff happened. 
Um, right now, third period in Washington, the Capitals lead the Jets three to two. Third period in Boston, the Flames lead the Bruins three to one. Third period in Philly, the Flyers, one of the hottest teams in NHL right now, lead the San Jose Sharks four to two. Third period, four minutes left in Carolina. The Hurricanes trail the Stars 4-1. to Third period, about 18 seconds left. The Rangers and the Islanders tied at three. Third period with three minutes left in Montreal. The Canadians and the Canucks tied at three. Uh, final score tonight, Maple Leafs 4, Lightning 3. Third period, about 14 minutes to go. The Devils lead the Detroit Red Wings 3 to nothing. Second period in Minnesota. The Wild lead the Blue Jackets 3-1. to Second period in St. Louis, the Chicago Blackhawks lead the Blues 3-2. Second period in Nashville, the Predators lead the Senators 3-2. And the first period in in, in uh, Arizona, the Coyotes and the Panthers, no score. 10 o'clock start, they drop the puck in Anaheim for the Edmonton Oilers and the Anaheim Ducks. Now, I want to get into a story right quick, man, that I got to talk about. Because as soon as I heard about this story, I said, yo, I got to talk to Bob. And we're going to we definitely talk about this story because this is the first for me. This was the first. The Toronto Maple Leafs was playing the Carolina Hurricanes, right? And both of the Carolina Hurricanes goalies got hurt. So what that means is, you got an emergency goaltender. It's like you break the glass for emergency and you bring the guy out the stands and literally you bring him out the stands and he's got to play. Now this guy, listen, 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 it gets better. Listen, it gets better. This guy, he's basically the in-house emergency goaltender. They always have to have an emergency goaltender on on hand at every NHL game who actually could play for both teams. All right. This guy, yeah, this guy, his his name is David Ayers, right? His name is David Ayers. He works works for the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? But he had to play for the Carolina Carolina Hurricanes. It's like the craziest story. It's the craziest story I've heard in my life. Like, and he won. He won won the game. So when he, he, he has, listen, Wood. He has on a Carolina Hurricanes jersey. He got on Toronto Maple Leafs pads. A Toronto, uh, 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 I think the minor league team that he worked up with. He had their their uh, gold their, their um, goalie mask on. It was so crazy. But it's a story that, like, it, 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 if you if you were to follow hockey, you wouldn't believe it. Like they I'm, literally called the No, listen, go on the equipment. You got to go play. And I think that. That's what makes that's what makes hockey great. They should do that. They should do that in football. Oh my god! Yeah, they should do that in football and baseball. Hey, your kid went out. Your quarterback went out. We got somebody from the stands. Come here. Hey, you. Come here. Yeah, man. I think that. They be like, yeah, we heard your name was Rafi. <laughs> hey, man, look at the field. <laughs> yeah. I think that, you know, I think that would add some more, I think it would add some more excitement to the game. Like, for example, let me give you an example real quick at baseball, right? <laughs> say you got a team like the Orioles, okay? The Orioles are out of contention or whatever. You got season ticket holders. Right, they 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 follow the team from you know from day one, right? They're out of contention, you know. Give somebody a shot, 
hey, give somebody a shot, man. They can come out and you know DH for a couple of games. You know, I mean, it, it, I mean, if you want to get the if you want to get the fans really involved and they get them their attention, listen, man. And I think the NHL and, and, it, and it happened by accident. Uh, uh, would so it wasn't a thing where you know they were doing this on purpose. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to put that story out there real quick. Let's get to the Yankees, man, because I got some stuff that we got to talk about with my Yankees, with our Yankees. Um, oh, man. Shout out to, to Louis Severino. He's going to miss the 2020 season. He's going to have to have Tommy John surgery. So we're down another pitcher. So, um, you know. Talk that way for my thoughts. Yeah, I, I, I just think that, um, you know, it, it's going to be hard, man. It's going to be hard to get to October. But I think we're going to still get there, man. You know, Gary Cole. But we're the Yankees, man. We're going to pick somebody up. But um, I, I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching um, Gary Cole last night against the Pirates. He pitched the inning. It looked decent. You know what I mean? But I think the Yankees have some things on hand. You know, now that you know, here's, the current, here's the current state of the Yankees, how they look as far as their rotation. You got Garrett Cole. All right? Severino is going to miss the year with elbow, re- elbow surgery. Paxton is out until... Uh, June, the middle of June, with back surgery. Then you got Masahiro Tanaka. Then you got Domingo Herman. He's going to be out until June because he's dealing with the domestic violence. He's suspended until June. <laughs> then you got Jay Happ. Then you got Jordan Montgomery, and he's just coming back from Tommy John surgery. Jesus. So Christ. I mean, you know, yeah, man, yeah, man. So I mean, you know, it's oh, we've always. It's always the pitching, man. We can never, you know, put it together. I mean, even from, you know, going back to the early years, you know, with the Jimmy Keys of the world, and we had to go out and get Jack McDowell. We had to go, we got to go out and get some dude and whatever, you know, to come in to fill that spot. But I think this year what makes it different is I think that the Yankees have um, some, 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 some people who can fill those roles internally so we don't have to go out and get uh, a, a free agent or go out there because Jonathan Loeza. We got Michael King. We got Louis Sessa. We got Davey Garcia, who looked really good. You know what I mean? So, again, um, you know, I just hate the fact that we always deal with some injury nonsense, man. You know? Every and, year. And, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, buddy. Go ahead, buddy. No, I'm saying every year. But listen, let me tell you something. I got some things to chime in on on this one. First of all, I, wanted us to, I had wanted us to get Dallas Keiko in the offseason. I really want to Dallas Keiko. I like how he pitches. Okay. I like that okay. he's a big gamer. Okay, I, I like that. I knew Severino last year when he came back. I said this guy is an injury, a big injury awaiting to happen. I swear I told everybody that. I swear I did. You know, I just kind of see it just the way he throws. He's going to have to change right. his mechanics when he comes back from this Tommy John surgery. You know, this day and age, this it's funny. This day and age in baseball, it's not going to be about the fast pitches is going to be so much about creativity. I was reading the day about, um, I was reading the day about, um, Jacob DeGrom from the New York match about this nasty slider that he's throwing now. And I said to myself, I said, you know, I said, when you throw pitches like that and you're not sitting there trying to throw 98, 105, 138 miles per hour, I said, you're not taxing your arm as much. You can sit out here and have yourself a very good, decent career, if not a great career. And I think Jacob DeGrom this year is going to show everyone that now it's not about overpowering batters. It's about finesse. And I saw that with Severino. He didn't have finesse 
He doesn't have some ass. It was it was more of the, the 96, 97, 98 miles pound fastball. And that's not today's pitchers. I hope the Yankees, I hope we bring up Delvey Crew and Garcia, excuse me, I said Cruz. Delvey Garcia, I think he's going to be a very good pitcher, even at a short height. I think now we're going to be monitoring a couple of pitchers in baseball, like Trevor Bauer. Um, what, what, what's the other one name here? Jeez, I can't get his name off my head. From the Cleveland Indians? Come on, help me out, man. I can't get his name right now. What's the Cleveland pitcher name? Hello? I'm right here. Go ahead. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. Go ahead. Yeah, you were talking about, um, you were talking about, um, you were talking about Trevor Bauer. And Trevor Bowers in Cincinnati, you're talking about a pitcher from, from the Cleveland Indians. I have no idea who you're talking about right now. Unless you talk about Carrasco, or Carrasco is hurt. So I, I, I don't know. You know, so it's 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 gonna be hard, man. But I think that we have enough in house that we that could get us to, you know, where we gotta go. Because we don't play for we don't play for April and May. We play for October. You already know the flavor. You know what I'm saying? So again, we just gotta get some arms, some healthy arms some arms that can help us out and, and make it do what it do, man, and, and get us over the hump, man. Um, the Houston Astros, man, they, you know, they, they going through it and I love it. I love it that they going through it. I love it because you reap what you sow. All of the stuff you bought, you bought it upon yourself when you figured that you could cheat the game and you didn't think that it was going to come back on you. Um, I was talking to one of my homies earlier he was like, well, he's waiting for the, the come down on the Boston Red Sox. Shout out to my man, Bean. Um, you know what? I, I just think that, you know, whatever happens with them, they deserve everything they get. Don't take away their World Series. Don't take it away. Don't take their World Series away, man. Because, again, they got to live with that. They got to live with that shame. They got to live with everywhere, every city that they go into, man, they're going to get the business. So let them do what they do. We know that they cheated to get those titles, man. But as a Yankee fan, we got played out in 17 by the Astros. We got played out in 18 by the Red Sox. But it's cool. It's okay. It's okay. Because we had our own problems going into those series. So I'm not really, you know, too too beat about that. Um, I'm not mad that, you know, that Altuve hit the walk-off uh, against Araldis Chapman to put them into the World Series. I'm not mad at that either. It happens, man. You know what I mean? But when you know what pitch is coming – then it gives you a distinct advantage. But we're going to see what they're really about. We're going to see what the Red Sox are really about without Mookie Betts, without David Price. We're going to see what the Astros are really about without the banging on the garbage cans, without the technology. We're going to see what it is now. All right? Um, March the 1st, we got the over-unders coming out for Major League Baseball. We're going to handle that on after further review. Um, the, I haven't decided on when we're going to do the base, Major League Baseball preview yet. But we got to do it soon because the season starts on March 26th. So we got to get that. We got to get that done. Um, I wanted to talk a little soccer tonight, but I got my man in the house with me. OG Wood is in the building, and we chopping it up and having some fun. Wood, you still there? All right, all right, all right. He took a pause for the cause, but we here. We in the building, man. I'm here with my man Bob James, making it do what it do, man. Um, talk a little Yankee baseball and all that. Um. You know, it's it's getting to that time of the year, man. It's just getting to that time of the year 
where I think that, um, you know, the Yankees are expected to win the division, but we don't play to win the division. We play to win the World Series. And um, I, like, I like what we got so far. We're looking good, you know, and uh, we just got to deal with it. Every year something happens to somebody, you know what I mean, as far as injuries are concerned, and you, and you got to know how to handle it and how to deal with it. So, again, at the end of the day, man, you know, we got to, you know, make that work out. And once October comes around, we'll be ready for game one. And um, that's, that's, that's all it is. And I'm not really, you know, worried about too many other teams as far as the American League is concerned. Now, when you talk about the Central, the American League Central, wow, man. The Minnesota Twins went and got Josh Donaldson. Like, they didn't really have enough bats already. Like, they didn't have enough bats already. But I, I'm going to look at it like this as far as that's concerned. Look at the Chicago White Sox. They went out and got some guys, too. And they got a little bit of pitching. So, again, I, I, I mean, I'm not concerned about the Angels. And they went and got Anthony Rendon. I'm not concerned about that. Um, Yasmani Grandel is an enormous upgraded catcher for the White Sox. He's one of the top-hitting catchers in the game. Um, I think he's going to help their pitching staff as well as their offense. You know, so again, I, I, I'm liking what they, I'm liking what the White Sox did, man. That's why I have to kind of like really study this, man. And and like Wood was talking about earlier, the Cleveland Indians. You can't, you know, worry. You know, you can't forget about them. So that division is going to really be a three-team race between the White Sox, the Twins, and Cleveland. I'm not worried about Kansas City. I'm not worried about Detroit. They're not ready yet. As far as the American League West is concerned. You know, the Houston Astros are going to fall off. Not saying that they, you know, might not get into the wild card and nothing like that, but I think the Oakland A's are ready. The Oakland A's are ready. They've won 90-plus games the last couple of seasons. So you definitely have to pay attention to what's going on, you know, with, with, with Oakland. And I think that a lot of teams are out to get the Houston Astros, man. They're out to get them, you know. So, again, I think that um, we're going to see, you know, the real deal is with the Houston Astros. If Altuve hits like, 257 with like 15 home runs and 60 RBIs, then we're going to know what the deal is. You know, if, uh, if, if, um, what's my man? Um, Bregman, if Alex Bregman, it's like 268. Carlos Correa, you know, uh, um, what's the first baseman for the Astros? Um, his name escapes me right now. But, um, if those guys have, you know, anywhere close to minimal seasons, then you already know the jig is up. The jig is up. You already know that they they got over, and we, we see what the, the truth comes out. The truth comes out, man. So, again, um, you know, we, 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 we think about what happens when you, when, when, you, when you cheat the game, you know. And we already know. We had this conversation before. Everybody cheats in baseball. Everybody. I don't care who you are. Everybody. Yankees, too. They cheat. And when I say that, it's basically, you know, to break it down to his, to his most basic, you know, uh, uh, element, one is fastball, two is curve, three is slider. If I could figure your signs out, that's not my problem. That's your problem. So from that perspective, if you want to call it cheating, if I'm figuring out your signs, then, hey, that's what it is. But I can't use videotape. I can't use garbage cans. I can't use clapping. I can't use buzzers. I can't use none of that stuff, man. Because that gives you an unfair and distinct advantage. So you should be able to figure it out. If you can't figure it out, then that's on you. 
So, again, at the end of the day, man, I, I love it with the Houston Astros. They're they catching all the wreck right now. I love it. You know what I mean? So, again, um, what goes on, we'll have the um, over and unders on March the 1st, and we'll have the, um, the uh, 2020 baseball preview uh, a little bit after that. All right? This is after further review, man, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. You got the mayor in the building. Get at me, man. Get at me on Twitter at RMDeaths. I'm in the building. Get at me on Facebook. After further review is the name of the group, and that's how we're giving it up, man. I got my man Bob James. I appreciate you holding me down behind the board and all that. Shout out to the whole unit. Action VR Network, we in the building. Um, I got some other things going on right now. Um, check me out Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, man. I got a, a situation. Uh, DJLadyLove.fm, the Sports Spitter Show is back. All right, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, um, three times a week, three times a day. All right, nine in the morning. 12 noon and 6 p.m. All right. So make sure you check that out. And uh, we do what we do as a po you know, Tuesday nights right here after further review 2.0, AKA the sideline pass. Um, shout out to Chris metal radio and a big extra string shout out to my people over there. No knockoffs radio, man. Harlem fresh one, two, five, uh, rocker bash, Robbie Danksworth, Lord, triple a Shauna price, uncle Sherm, Baltimore J. That's the crew. All right. Make sure you check us out over there Friday, Saturdays and Sunday nights from 9 to 11 Eastern. You know, we give you that hip-hop conversation, man. You never know who's going to come through. We have some heavy hitters coming through, and we got some heavy hitters uh, on the way. Shout-out to my man, Jamal Ski, all right? If you remember Jamal Ski, then you already know. Shout-out to my man, Special Ed. We got some we got some things popping off in No Knockoffs Radio, man, and uh, we appreciate y'all for checking us out. And um, that's just what it is, man. We, 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 we add that flavor every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. But right now, it's Tuesday night. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. I appreciate the big homie, uh, OG Wood, for, for coming through. Um, Keeping on the baseball tip, man, the Philadelphia Phillies. What are, we, what are we thinking about the Phillies? They got Joe Girardi and Didi Gregorius. All right? They got um, Zach Wheeler from the Mets. You know what I mean? So I, I think the Phillies are going to try, but I, I, I think, still think that division, that National League East, is about the Atlanta Braves. I still think it's about the Atlanta Braves, man. And even though, you know, the Nationals won the World Series, they lost Anthony Rendon. That's a, that's a big L for them. You know, and the Braves, even though they lost Josh Donaldson, they, they, they replaced Josh Donaldson with Marcelo Zuna. All right? They got him on a one-year contract. He deserved multiple years. But I think that, um, again, you know, if he has a, a year like we expect him to have, it'll set him up for a bigger payday down the line. So, again, man, um, I, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, the Braves are going to do their numbers. Uh, the Nationals are going to be right there because, you know, their pitching is on point. Um, a lot of people talking about the Mets. And to me, the Mets season is contingent on what Sexpedus does. And Sexpedus can come back and, and be any, a, anywhere close to the Sexpedus that helped them get to the World Series back in uh, 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 2015 against the Kansas City Royals. They'll be okay. You know what I mean? But they got a tough road to hoe, man. That National League Central, everybody's talking about the Cincinnati Reds, you know, the, the moves that they made, you know. But I still think that division is about the, you know, the Cardinals, you know. Like I said last year, a lot of people slept on the Cardinals. And I said it last year in the, in the, in the preview. I was like, watch, the Cardinals are going to do what they do and what they end up doing, doing what they do, even though they got waxed 10 runs in the first inning against Atlanta in the, in, in the, in the uh, playoffs the deciding game, 
it, it is what it is. But um, I think that um, the, the, the baseball season is going to be very exciting. Um, we're going to have an over-under on how many fights the Houston Astros are going to get in. And they're going to get into some fights. Believe that. Because, you know, for all the you know, noise that people make about the Houston Astros cheating, it go, it's, it's way deeper than that, yo. It's way deeper than that. You're messing with people's livelihoods. You're messing with people's money. And they don't appreciate that. So, again, at the end of the day, it's going to be a tough season for Houston, man. And I think that, you know, Dusty Baker, he's the right guy. But I think he's a, you know, he, he's a sacrificial lamb. Let's call it what it is. You know, I just think that uh, when, when, when the Astros get that respect back, because that's what they lost. They lost respect. And you don't want to do that. They lost respect. And I think that Dusty Baker is, 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 is a manager that, you know, is, is not in the line of fire, so to speak. I think he's the guy that's going to really try to keep some of that heat off the use of the Astros. And I think he's the perfect guy for that because Dusty Baker, he's well-respected. He's well-respected throughout baseball. He's a winner. You know what I mean? As a player, as a manager, he's done his numbers. But here was my thing. Before we get into the three-minute rant and we get out of here, here's my thing. Why did the Houston Astros have Dusty Baker at that press conference? He didn't have nothing to do with that cheating stuff. Nothing to do with it. You got him up there copping, please. You got him up there talking about, you know, uh, you know, let, let, the, let, let, let the people, you know, let, let the people, you know, get, let us earn our spot. Let us earn our way back into the people's good graces. Us who? You ain't have nothing to do with that. But they're going to put you in the line of fire. And I think Dusty Baker, sacrificial lamb, lame duck, whatever you want to call it, man. I mean, you know, I'm not mad at him for, for taking the job, but I really didn't understand why they had him. They should have had the owner. They should have had all, you know, and, and the players that was involved. Because you already got rid of A.J. Hitch. You already got rid of Jeff Lou now. Okay. And the owner, oh, my goodness. He was like, yo. What has that got to do with us winning the World Series? One thing don't got to, nothing to do with the other. I don't know if he was drunk or, he, you know, he's, he blazed up something. I don't know. But for him to say that, that just kind of like slaps everybody in the face. What are you, why are we here? Why are we having this conversation? We won the World Series. Cheating or not, we won. Ha, 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 ha. So that was, the, that was what I took away from that. That sham of a press conference, man. But um, we got uh, um, you know, we got all season to talk about baseball and all that, and um, it just is what it is, man. Um, the three minute rant starts right now. Okay, Wood brought it up earlier. Shout out to my man OG Wood. Shout out to him, man. That's the that's the homie right there. And, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks, man. When you get here. Um, yesterday was a was it was a bit was a uh, a moment of. You know, celebration, celebrating the life of Kobe Bryant. Um, it still, it still sounds crazy to say that, you know. And, and his his little daughter Gianna, um, and and the other people, the seven other people who you know uh, passed away in that unfortunate tragedy. Man, um, I think that's what you know. That's what we had to do. We had to all get together, come together as one, you know, and, and kind of like just you know, have a celebration. You know, they had you know, performances. You know, Beyonce did her thing. Alicia Keys did her thing. Um, but for me, it was Vanessa. She spoke very eloquently, man. She spoke from the heart. 
and I appreciate, you know, her kind of giving us a little insight into, you know, who Kobe Bryant was. It is, it's crazy for me to say who Kobe Bryant was as a person, you know. And, yeah, everybody, you know, he had his, he had his you know, demons that he had to deal with. Okay, and he, I get that. We all do. You know what I'm saying? None of us know perfect angels. Don't get it twisted. But I think that, um, you know, he, he, I think that, and I said it, I think, uh, a couple weeks ago on, on a prior show, that that was his cross to bear. You know, he didn't have a son. He had daughters. So he had to kind of really have a, a different understanding of really, you know, the respect thing and all of that. You know what I mean? So nothing happens for nothing. Everything happens for a reason. Go back to the LeBron James passing him for, you know, third and in, in all-time scoring and he, him being there with his daughter. I think it was meant for him to see that. And, you know, I, I'm not going to get into any conspiracy theories. I, I'm just going to get into, you know, the real life, you know, aspect of it, man. And, and, and again, man, um, you know, life is really, 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 um, you know, precious, man. And you got to, you know, uh, take it as it comes, man. Um, and every day, man, tell, tell your people that you care about them and you love them because you don't want to be standing in front of a, a full packed staple center, you know, talking about, you know, how, how, how your, your people live their life, man. You want to be able to have fun with them and discuss it with them and chop it up with them and just be able to enjoy, you know, their, their, their roses while they're here. You know, you don't want to talk about your people in the past tense, you know, and, uh, again, man, look at it like this. We're talking about Kobe Bryant, who's no longer here anymore. Bill Russell's still here. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is still here. Jerry West is still here. You know what I mean? Walt, Walt Frazier is still here. So, I mean, again, man, you know, it, it, you never know. You never really know, man. And that's the three-minute rant. Listen, um, shout-out to my man Bob James for holding me down. Shout-out to Chuck Skull, Sonny Cruz, uh, Miss Cat. Uh, big shout-out to my man Sean Stewart. Um, shout out to OG Wood on the check-in. Shout out to Chris White. That's the homie. I'm looking forward to chopping it up with him because he, he, he has some very, very um, nice information in regards to the Layla Ali situation. He didn't want to give that up. We was talking behind the scenes, but he was, you know, really, really, you know, giving me some insight on that situation. I respect him for that. And a shout out to you, man, for checking me out again. Get at me on Twitter at RMDesk if you got any questions um, pertaining to sports, regardless of what it is, uh, make sure you check me out after further review on Facebook. That's the group. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 9 a.m., 12 noon, 6 p.m., Sports for the Show. We back on DJLadyLove.fm. Once again, that's DJLadyLove.fm. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 9 a.m., 12, 12 noon, and 6 p.m. Um, no knockoffs radio. We always in the building. Uh, get my right on, check me out for scorecrow.com. And, um, it just goes down, man. I appreciate everybody for checking out the show. And, um, oh, my guys at War Room Sports, shout out to Dev and them. Okay. They hold me down, man. You can find, you can find, if you can't find the show, um, you wasn't looking hard enough. We on Spreaker. Definitely. Spreaker.com is powering Action VR Network, man. We definitely in the building. We definitely appreciate them. All right. So we're about to get up out of here, man. We'll talk to you all next week. You know what it is already. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. It's 2.0, 2.0 for the 2020 season. All right? We'll talk to you all, man. We out. Peace.